0: Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Hello, everyone. I do hope that this finds you well. My name is Mike, and I'm the campus pastor here at Haddington Elam Church. There are things that I've seen in my walk with Christ that seem to derail many Christians from reaching their highest potential things that prevent growth and maturity in Christ. Today we're going to be looking at the antidote to condemnation, things that have just derailed many Christians in their walk, and they are condemnation, guilt, and shame. Each has the ability to severely hinder our Christian walk. We can be stunted in our growth, unable to move forward, and even regress. Let us pray. God, I just ask that in the next moments as we look at your word, and I just pray that you will just speak to our hearts. I do pray that our minds are are teachable, that our hearts are open, that we can receive from you and your Holy Spirit, oh God. I pray that we look at these these things over the next few weeks. We're going to look at them, and I pray, God, that we can get victory in our lives, that you will give us the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at, of the three I mentioned, we're going to be looking at condemnation. In the next few weeks, we'll look at guilt and shame as well. As far as condemnation goes, this is a spiritual issue as it affects us deep within. It can fool us into truly thinking that this is how we see ourselves. Condemnation, we can see ourselves in this way. But this is not how God sees us. If we are believers in Christ, if we have accepted the salvation work that Jesus paid for on the cross, then God sees us as his child. He sees us, and what he thinks about us is really what matters. When you feel condemned or have feelings of condemnation, it appears as though there is no hope. It's it's like you have become hopeless. The Bible says that hope is the anchor for the soul. If you are hopeless, you can feel adrift on an endless sea with no hope for land or harbor. Our hope is in the one who created all things. He is our hope. Things in life will let you down. They will fail you again and again. And this is some reasons why we need to know the word of God. So in life we can have disappointments. We can be let down, but here's what the word of God says, Isaiah 40:31, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, they will mount up with wings like eagles, they will run and not get tired, they will walk and not become weary. Eagles are not hopelessly adrift, they ride the currents to new heights, they have learned to soar with an ease in the shifting winds, soaring on the wind, they aren't tired or worn out beating their wings feverishly against the different wind currents. They simply stretch their wings and catch the wind and they just soar into those air currents. And if you've ever seen them just soaring in the sky, it looks effortless. It looks so beautiful as they just are not beating against the wind and they're not wearing themselves out. They just soar. Our enemy of our souls, would love nothing more than to bombard us with thoughts and feelings of hopelessness. He would like to wear us out as we strain against his onslaught. He would like to keep you perpetually adrift on an unending sea. Contrary to that, Jesus puts us on solid ground. Jesus is our antidote So we have the poison, if you will, we have the problem, condemnation, a deep spiritual issue, but we have Jesus, the antidote. And that word antidote is from the ancient Greek word antidotin, which means given as a remedy. An antidote counteracts or relieves the negative effects of something. For instance, most would know that there, or use it in a a sense like that there's an antidote to poison. But there are antidotes to anxiety, sadness, or even a bad day. Jesus is given as as the remedy. He is the remedy for us when we're dealing with condemnation. He says one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin in regards to righteousness. Conviction is different from condemnation. So our enemy condemns us. But God's Holy Spirit convicts us. So, condemnation, let's look at that by definition. Condemnation means to express an unfavorable or adverse judgment on, indicate strong disapproval of or censure, to pronounce to be guilty, sentenced to punishment, as in that murderer was condemned to life imprisonment. It also means to judge or pronounce to be unfit, For use of service. And that's one that I think the enemy likes to use against us. He likes to judge or pronounce to be unfit for use of service, as in like to condemn an old building. Another definition is to force into a specific state or activity, as in his lack of education condemned him to a life of menial jobs. And lastly, Condemnation means to declare incurable. Our enemy attacks us with condemnation, declaring us useless, abandoned, like a condemned house that is of no value to anyone anymore. If he can convince us of that very thing, he can render us hopeless, unusable to God and his kingdom Friends, what he presents to us is not the truth. Paul says this, Romans eight thirty eight and 39, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have the enemy condemning us and telling us that as far as our usefulness in the kingdom of God, that we're useless and that God doesn't love us. And that is absolutely a lie because nothing, no thing, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The enemy tries to persuade you. He's smooth of tongue. He tries to persuade you that God does not love you. His number one tactic is to get you to doubt God's love. When you find yourself starting to doubt if God loves you, know that the enemy is trying to work in your life. That's like a warning light that comes on in your car. He tries to tell you that God does not love you. We need to be aware of his tactics and schemes. Sherry preached last week in a sermon called, There is a Conspiracy. And if you have not listened to it yet, I strongly encourage you to listen to our podcast. Find that one and listen to it. There is a Conspiracy. The Bible says that we are not unaware of the schemes of the enemy. So he has schemes. He has a conspiracy. The Bible says he's but come to kill, steal, and destroy. But we're not unaware of his schemes. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He relentlessly attacks our minds with feelings of guilt, shame, and condemnation. Paul, as he was describing the armor of God, he used the word picture, the illustration of the helmet of salvation. And it's something that we're required to put on. It's the armor that God has given us, and we're to put on the helmet of salvation to guard our mind from the enemy's attacks. We fight against and combat the enemy's lies with the truth of God's word. His word is supreme over all. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. He is the eternal word of God. His method when tempted in the wilderness, Jesus' response to the enemy coming at him was three words. It is written. This was Jesus' antidote. This is our antidote to the enemy's lies. We combat him with the truth of God's word. When we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Let's look at some more scriptures that talk about this subject of condemnation. This is one I would recommend you to commit to memory. Romans 8:1. Therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friend, if you're in Christ Jesus, you're a follower of Christ, a child of God. There is therefore now no condemnation. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We are now set free from that law and we are not condemned. John three seventeen through 18. For God did not send the son into the world in order to judge, to reject, to condemn, to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. He who believes in him, who clings to, trusts in and relies on him, is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him, those that have clinged and believed in Jesus, for him there is no rejection, no condemnation. He incurs no damnation. He who does not believe, cling to, rely on, or trust in him is judged already. He has already been convicted and has already received his sentence because he has not believed in and trusted in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He is condemned for refusing to let his trust rest in Christ's name. That was out of the Amplified. One thing I would encourage you to do is I should have said at the beginning, but I encourage you to not only follow along in your Bible in your tablet, on your phone, I would strongly encourage you, if possible, to take notes because there's something as you write it down, and especially if it's something that you can reference back to. I'm one of those people that when I get something out of the Bible, I like my my real Bible. I have it on my phone and my tablet, but I love underlining or uh, making notes in the margins of my Bible, especially if God speaks to me about something from a verse. So I would encourage you to do that. John 5, 24, continuing, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you, the person whose ears are open to my words, who listens to my message and believes and trusts in and clings to and relies on him who sent me possesses now eternal life. And he does not come into judgment. He does not incur sentence of judgment. He will not come under condemnation, but he has already passed over out of death into life. I want us to look at John chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, And having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up, And said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone and the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. The religious leaders bring this woman to Jesus in front of a crowd that he was teaching. They are not at all concerned with this woman, but they're using this to try to trap Jesus. By the Levitical law, she would be completely condemned, as would be the man. They do not bring the man who is part of this violation. Jesus begins to write in the dirt. He urges anyone without sin to cast the first stone. There are many speculations as to what Jesus wrote in the dirt. Some say he began to write a list of sins that those present were guilty of themselves. Truthfully, the text doesn't say. In the presence of holiness... We can be like Isaiah, where Isaiah saw the Lord seated on the throne and the first instinct that he had or the first feeling that he had was, woe to me, I am undone. In the presence of a holy God, we are undone. These Pharisees and scribes are absolutely confronted with their own shortcomings, with their own failings. It appears that they got out of there probably as fast as possible. In the story, there is one there who could throw a stone, one that was sinless, but instead Jesus does not condemn her. Continuing on in Romans 5.16, I'm going to read down through verse 19. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation but on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18, so then as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. That is cause for rejoicing. Galatians 3.13 Christ purchased our freedom redeeming us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by himself, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So the enemy tries to condemn us, to tell us that we're of no value, that we're worthless, that God can never use us, that we're unusable, that we have no value. But the truth is, that we are purchased, we're redeemed by Jesus. He became the curse, took our place on that cross. And because he became that curse for us, he has redeemed us and purchased us by his blood. Our enemy brings condemnation, where the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And I want to go into that for a moment and tell you that there is a distinction The word convict is a translation of the Greek word elancho, which means to convince someone of the truth, to reprove, to accuse, refute, or cross-examine a witness. The Holy Spirit acts as a prosecuting attorney who exposes evil, reproves evildoers, and convinces people that they need a Savior. In his book, Overcomer, By David Jeremiah, he puts it like this, and I think that this is such a wonderful summary of conviction. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. To help us understand what the conviction of sin is, we can look at what it is not. First, it is not simply a guilty conscience or even shame over sin. Such feelings are naturally experienced by almost everyone. But this is not true conviction of sin. We are convicted when we become mindful of how much our sin dishonors God. When David was convicted by the Holy Spirit, he cried out, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. David saw his sin primarily as an affront to a holy God. When we're convicted, we become intensely aware of the wrath it exposes to our souls. When the Philippian jailer fell at the apostles' feet and cried out, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was under conviction. He was certain that without a Savior, he would die. When the Holy Spirit convicts people of their sin, He represents the righteous judgment of God. There is no appeal to this verdict. The Holy Spirit not only convicts people of sin, but he also brings them to repentance. So he doesn't just tell you and bring you that far and then leave you hanging. He brings you to repentance. The Holy Spirit brings to light our relationship to God. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to our sin and opens our hearts to receive his grace we praise the lord for the conviction of sin without it there could be no salvation no one is saved apart from the spirit's convicting and regenerating work in the heart the bible teaches that all people are by nature rebels against god and hostile to jesus christ ephesians says this ephesians 2:1 we are dead in our trespasses and sins. But Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Part of the draw to Jesus is the conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us, the enemy condemns us, and there is a distinction. And Here's a way that we go forward so we have condemnation. And so the antidote to condemnation is this word grace. I'll be closing in a moment here, and I just want to read Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence, catch that, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So our enemy wants to condemn us and have us look at the ground and turn our face from God. The word of God says, let us draw near with confidence because I told you the truth is that we're loved intensely by God and we can come with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. His grace, the unmerited favor of God, is the antidote to the feelings of condemnation. It's an unmerited favor. We're given favor without merit because he loves us and gave himself for us. So friends, when feelings of worthlessness or condemnation try to come against you, fight them head on with the truth of God's word. You are beloved by the Most High. You are more than a conqueror. Let his loving arms envelop you today. God thinks you're worth the death of his son. They say the value of something is only worth what somebody is willing to pay. And God paid the highest price for you, my friend, the death of his son, because he values you So we come against condemnation, but we want conviction. We want the Holy Spirit to bring us to repentance. We want that to be at work in our lives. When we had gone up to the Hebrides, they said that the power and and presence of God had had fallen so heavily on the island 70 years ago that the conviction of God just gripped people as they were at work, uh, just as they were along the path and the road and the conviction of God came and they were just like Isaiah, undone. What will I do? I need a savior. They were faced head on with their sin and had no way out and the conviction gripped them until they repented and gave their hearts to Christ. Friends, we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring us to repentance. Rest in his grace today. His unmerited favor, his grace. Paul said his grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in weakness. I just want to close in prayer. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in convicting us, God, and bringing us to that, that um, repentance and in regards to righteousness, that we would choose to do the right thing and choose to do what is right and seek after you. God, for anybody that is in the sound of my voice that is feeling condemned, is feeling condemnation so strongly, God, I pray right now by your Holy Spirit that they will turn that around, that just like an antidote is given to a poison, that they will take in the word of God and it will combat that, that, uh that, that lie of the enemy. We combat it with the truth. We combat it with the word of God. So we speak and release the word of God. We we just say that you love us and nothing, no thing can separate us from your love. God, I pray that grace abounds. God, I pray that those that are feeling or dealing with condemnation specifically condemnation in that deep spiritual issue, I pray that you will absolutely do a work in their hearts. You will free them, that your grace will be at work in their lives more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Friend, if you have any questions, if you would like to accept Christ as your Savior, if you are finding yourself feeling convicted and need a Savior, please contact us. You can contact us at office at haddingtonelamchurch.com please let us know. Reach out to us. Get in touch. Also, you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We also are on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. I pray God's blessings upon you. May you have a great week. May you not be under condemnation anymore. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In his name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.